Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Welcome back to Motivation Monday. Today, I have an incredible guest here on My Opinion. Her name is Catherine Bell. She is so many things. She is an author. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is a mother. She is, oh my God, so many things. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really joyful to be with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today. You, of course, are the founder of The Awakened Company and the book. Tell us a little bit about, to kick it off, The Awakened Company. So The Awakened Company, our vision is to ignite and sustain the fire within with passion, purposefulness, and playfulness. And everything we do is aimed at that. And we're involved in many different things things. We like to help companies with corporate culture. We do executive coaching. We do these amazing Enneagram webinars. And everything we do is like, how do we awaken a better world for everybody? That's our focus. That's our MO. That's what, that's what gets us up in the morning. Yeah. I love that. And so when was the Awaken Company born? How long have you guys been around? Oh, this is a story. That's what we're here for, to tell the story. This is a story, Maya. So imagine this. I'm sitting in a dimly lit cafe in New York City, and I'm with my colleague who worked with me on an executive search firm. I'm a serial entrepreneur, as you said, so I've had multiple businesses. And that business is actually one of the most profitable businesses in Canada. So where I come from is from a very different place. I'm not an executive coach or culture leader in a traditional sense, because I've actually walked in the shoes of CEOs and people who have started businesses. So anyway, we're sitting in this dimly lit cafe, New York City, this like lightning bolt of energy goes through me. And I'm like, I'm supposed to write this book called The Awakened Company. And I turned to Carolyn and I'm like, Carolyn, I'm supposed to write this book. She's like, well, go for it, do it. So it all began in New York City dimly like cafe. And so I said to, I, I started working on it and I was working on working on my business partners at the time. I gave them a copy of the book and I said, you know, what do you think? They said, Kath, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Go back to work, go back to work. So I kept on working at it, which I think anyone who runs a business, that whole hunger and tenacity is just a huge Piece, whether you're starting your own business, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're marketing yourself, that hunger, tenacity matters. So I just kept on beavering away. This is while I was building the company, was called Blue Arrow, which was sold successfully to one of the largest recruiting firms in the world and continues to be successful today. So I kept on working on it, kept on working. I'm like, you know what? I want Eckhart Tolle's publisher to publish this book. I don't know if you're familiar with Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, but I like, I really want her, Constance Keller, to publish this book. And so I figured out a way I was introduced to Constance. And I said, Well, I'd really like you to publish my book. And she's like, No, no. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna no, we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet in terms of publishing business books. So I just, she's like, keep on working away at it and keep in touch. So I kept on working away, kept on working away, kept on working away. And then I'm like, okay, I think I should work with business leaders, get their input. So wrote to the CEO of Patagonia, Rosemar Terrio, and said, will you be part of the book? She did not know me at the time. And she said, yes. Wrote to Otto Scharmer at MIT and he said, yes. And Julian Barley and Queens University, he said, yes. And all these people said yes, and not knowing me from from anything. So one another takeaway is like, don't ever underestimate your own power that just by asking, so what if somebody says no, move on. 
move on. So then uh, I was worked with two collaboratives, Christopher Papadopoulos and Russ Hudson. Russ Hudson is the thought leader in the world in the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is kind of the underbelly. It's the system underpinning the Awakening Company. And the book was, was born and it won a ton of awards, became a bestseller. And then we started consulting on the Awakening Company practices based on the book. And I became a grandma to my former firm, which was also really nice. It's like, how do CEOs transition once you've been an entrepreneur? And it went super well. And I'm happy to say all my partners are still my friends. Wow. Means, yeah. You know, I think we're all yearning for more connection in this world, in this lifetime. And it's also through business. Like, how do we bring that humanity, Maya, back into our corporations, back into how we behave in the world? So it's more fulfilling so that we're not just scorching the earth. We're not just, I believe every business should solve a problem and not cause damage to either other people or the planet. So how do we create organizations that do that? And that's what the Awaken Company takes a stand for. Yeah, I love that. And I love that mission behind that. And thanks for sharing that story. I think everyone needs to hear the story behind success, you know, because I think when we don't hear those stories and we just see the success, we just always think, oh, that was easy for them. And, you know, I'm never going to hear a no, I'm never going to hear this, you know, oh, they got it on the first try. It is so empowering for me. And I hope it's empowering for you guys listening to know that you heard no, right? It's it's good. It's good to know those things because it helps us to realize you're just one more no closer to a yes. And I always love when people say that. I think that's a really huge thing. But you brought up one thing that I loved when I was reading about you, we were connecting, was bringing back humanity into business and culture and, and all of that that you stand for at the Awakened Company. I just, I think that's so huge. And I like to operate that myself, like in that way, because I really do. And because I have a couple of businesses myself in my event logistics business, I work mostly with nonprofits. And the reason for that is because I love events, but I used to work with corporations and I just found myself more aligned with nonprofits because of the cause and what I was doing and more humanity. And that's just a personal choice. That's for me. That's my, that's my choice and all of that. But I love what you're saying though, because I think that when we bring that back into culture and we're all aligned and we have a greater meaning and I just, I think sky's like the limit for us. I just think we can keep going universe, you know, moon stars, but I'd love to hear from you. Like how can people incorporate that into their daily lives right now? I know there's some people listening right now that are potentially wanting to go out and create their own business or perhaps in a corporate culture where they're like, there's no humanity in my culture. Like, how do I change that? How do I evolve that coming from your perspective in the Awaken company? How does that start? How do you evolve that? Maya, you said something really important about your not-for-profit work, and mm-hmm. that is it's a cause. And I believe every organization should be a cause, yeah. should have a clear purpose. And however, the missing piece is who do we have to be to achieve that aim? So often we begin with the why, and I actually think we need to flip it on its head. We need to change things up. We need to go inside not so much outside. We need the inside of who do we have to be to get to where we want to go. And we need that kind of dynamism between the two. So I'd like you to visualize, to see in your own mind's eye, if you were to put a drop of water in the ocean, and then when we put our drop of water in the ocean, you know, the rings circle out when it, when that drop hits the ocean. And first we need to begin by awakening and empowering ourselves to live from our full potential. And then the next ring is we need to awaken and empower our relationships, then our teams, then our organizations, then our communities. But notice they're all intertwined. It's not like we're all connected through this ocean. So how do we empower and awaken ourselves and let's begin there and it can be as subtle as hey Maya take a breath with me like let's just breathe deeply and get really centered and really grounded and really present in the moment so in our organization we often have mindfulness breaks beginning of the meeting will begin with grounding and centering 
so that we come back home to ourselves. We ignite our own light so that we can ignite the lights and the, all the matches around us, all the he, other human beings around us. So let's awaken ourselves by doing, by just taking a breath, becoming more mindful, coming back into our bodies. And another tool, as you know, that we use, Maya, is we use the Enneagram because everybody on this call needs to know the highest performing leaders are those that are self-aware. And the Enneagram is a profound roadmap to self-awareness. So how do we become more self-aware? We get to know what our strengths are, what our work-ons are, what our Enneagram types is, what our, what our map is, what our Enneagram DNA is. And we have a session coming up on September 10th for under 40. So come and play with us. We're doing that. It was inspired by my colleague, Sherilyn. And she said to me, you know, Kath, we need this demographic to understand the Enneagram because it has changed my whole life knowing what my lens is, knowing what my technicolor glasses are in terms of how I experience the world, Maya. Yeah. You know, like that is just, it's just so important. So self-awareness, you know, inhabit our bodies, get into feel what we need to feel. And here's something that I think everyone should also know. And I learned this from an Olympic coach. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. 80% are repeating. No, 80% are negative, 95% are repeating. So like in terms of how do we empower ourselves, what is the food that we're feeding our brains? So what I would invite everybody to do is just pay attention to your thoughts. Yeah. You know, and the practice, if you don't want a thought, write it down. Let the paper worry for you. You can light, write it down. You can burn it. You can do whatever. If it's only positive, think about what's the most smallest step you can do to activate that thought and to get really kind of granular with what are we putting into our precious beings in terms of the nutrition of our foods and bring awareness to our thoughts. So that's in terms of awakening ourselves. Now, do we want to go into relationships or do we want to stay with ourselves? What what, what are you feeling like? Well, I think... Yeah. I mean, I think before we move forward, I definitely want to recap what you just talked about because I think it's really important. And it's interesting, Catherine, because I talk about in leadership, how we have everything backwards because everyone, this is like my phrase in this, you were talking, I was like, oh my God, we are so on the same page because I always talk about how, you know, everyone gets thrown in leadership. We don't even know who we are. And so I always say we have leadership backwards. And so when you started talking and you said, we need to go within first before we go out. I'm like, oh my God, I love it. But you explain it so differently. It's a totally different perspective. And I love the water drop and then the different uh, like rings that you explain. So I hope this is really helpful for you guys because it's a, it's a different perspective and what I talk about all the time on my opinion on this podcast. Because in my opinion, we have leadership totally backwards. It starts within us with us versus externally, because we're always seeking external gratification and permission to be a leader when really it's within us the entire time. Hey everyone, it's Maya, the host of the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. I hope you're enjoying this incredible episode of the podcast. Now you can learn more about leadership and how to be the leader of your life. You can click on the show notes right now and download your guide on how to be the leader of your life written by me, Maya Roffler. We'll go over the four pillars of how to be the leader of your life. We'll review your values, your mission, not only your purpose, but your purposes and your vision. And as a bonus within the guide, you will actually get a 15 minute complimentary call with me. Maya to talk about how you can become the leader of your life. So download the guide right now and enjoy the rest of this podcast episode. And so I love everything that you just said, because the self-awareness, the coming back in within ourselves, the understanding of ourselves, and then just everything that you stand for at the Awaken Company that's really what this is about and really what I've been preaching. And you've summed it up in just a perfect box, like just a beautiful box, but a very unique one. And one that's, you know, beautifully um, 
you know, not, not a cardboard one, a beautiful one, eccentric one. Right. But I love that. And I think sometimes too, it can make people feel a little uncomfortable, a little too woo woo. when they're like, go within, what does that mean? No, I want to be CEO. I want to be EVP. I want to be a director. I want to make this, I want to make six figures by the time I'm 25 and like, you know, whatever, all this stuff, take a breath, go within know who you are because because those things will happen for you, but you have to know who you are and you have to be self-aware. And so I love everything that you said. And then I want just for everybody listening to talk, cause I've dabbled in this a little bit and I always say it wrong. So say it for me again, the Enneagram personality test, like have, do you have one of those on your website that people can take? Cause I don't know enough about this and I need to know more about it. Cause I'm obsessed with these personality tests. Like I used to take like the disc tests and all of those. And I thought they were fascinating, but this one I'm really into. I think it's wonderful. So do you have a resource for them on your site? And then we can keep moving on. Yes. In fact, I have YouTube videos, a cool. ton of free, to, free YouTube videos. What is the Enneagram? Also on our social media, if you go to our Instagram, Facebook, we've got information on the Enneagram. Um, as well, we have these upcoming webinars. The Enneagram is a roadmap. And for me, I've looked at a whole bunch of different personality profiling tools. And I anything that enhances self-awareness, I'm for. Let me just first say that. And for me, the Enneagram really is a roadmap for how do we be more present. And it captures the simplicity and complexity of humanity. And when you figure out your Enneagram type, it's like, oh my goodness, I've been seen. And it really can be really helpful to get at the layers of our being. And it's based in from ancient Egypt and Pythagorean theorem. So I love that it interweaves ancient wisdom with mathematics, science, and is moving. So it's not like, okay, I'm an Enneagram 8. I know I'm an Enneagram 8, and I'm not an Enneagram 8. Because once I know the system, I know how I can move through all of the different Enneagram types. And everybody has all of the different Enneagram types within them. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm a social 8, social sexual Enneagram 8 with a wing of 7, What do I need to do to improve and be more holistic in my leadership, in my experience? Okay, and I'm working with Sherry and she's a a four and I'm working with Russ and he's a five. What's the dance between us? And how do we, so it's so layered and multifaceted to help me be a better human being. But I want to get back to something that you said, because I think what you said is super important and I want to underline it. Yeah. And you were saying about self-awareness first before becoming the CEO. Business research is on our side. Business research says the most, the highest performing leaders are those that are self-aware. And I think there's such a knowing doing gap. So let's, let's bridge that gap apply the knowledge, become self-aware and let that ripple out into the world. You'll have a, we'll all have a profound, deeper ripple. Our drop of water will go way deeper, create bigger rings when we have that self-awareness. I really want to underscore what you've said because I think it's so important. And I think the earlier in people's careers that they actually do this, the better for everybody, not only for themselves, but the better for everybody. So the Enneagram, for example, I was introduced to when I was 15 years old. My aunt was studying at Corn Ferry, which is a big recruiting firm. And uh, she brought it to the cottage. And my mom and she were like, you've got to... And it was so funny. At first, I resisted it. I was a teenager. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. You can't put me, you can't put this energy in a box. You know, so... um, But to underscore what you were saying, self-awareness. And the Enneagram is a real tool to become more self-aware. So I'd invite everyone to go to the Awaken Company YouTube and check it out. Go to our Instagram, go to our Facebook. We have a ton of free resources, ton ton of free videos and meditations and and practices as well. So come come and play with us. But we could do a quick trip around the Enneagram if you want to, Maya. Let's do it. I would love to do that. Yeah, let's do it. But I'll be visiting all of that too because I find this so fascinating. But to be fair, Catherine, that would have been me too at 15. I would have been like, whatever. I don't need any of this. I was real sassy when I was a teenager, but that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, let's take a trip. Let's let's talk about this. I think this okay. is so cool. Yeah. So let's go on a journey together okay. through the, the Enneagram. And 
it's a very profound system. So it's not something that we should throw around lightly. It's something that we need to hold the heart of the heart of it, that it is a profound system and it takes years to really, and I still don't, it's still unraveling for me. And I've been studying it since I was 15. Wow. So it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And I'll give everyone a brief description of it now. So there's three centers. You know how we say often leaders capture people's hearts, hands, and heads? There's three centers. So that is the gut center, the heart center, and the head center. So the eight, nine, and one, those are the gut center. And we'll begin with the eight. The eight is called the challenger. And the challenger, which is what I am, it's like we have a fire in our belly just waiting to energize and to build and create and to challenge the status quo. And we're also very protective. So anyone in my sphere, if anything happens to them, it's like the wild cat in me comes out and I'm like, Rah! don't you hurt them or <laughs> I will hurt you. There's this, there's this, but for me to have that awareness, I don't particularly like being vulnerable. And yet I know I have to be vulnerable to challenge status quo, which is what I'm ultimately here to do. Like the Awakened Company Ultimately, it was a big challenge to the status quo at the time, because I'm saying, keep in mind, this is a long time ago that I wrote the book and we were doing mindfulness practices over like, like a long, long time ago. Yeah. And, but I was, but I was constantly leaning in, constantly leaning into discomfort to get people to challenge themselves. It's not just about this energy goals, 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 goals. No, we need to come inside. What are our real goals? What are our heartfelt goals? So that's the eight. Now the nine, still in the belly center, radically different energy. I'm going to really work to embody the types as I go through this with you, Maya. So I love it. Yeah. Okay. So the nine, let's go into the flow of the water. It's a peacemaker. Everything's good. Namaste. The world is just calm easy going and I can see both the dark and the light George Lucas was a nine incredibly creative oh I can see that okay yeah I, <laughs> this is so not what I would test as but okay yeah <laughs> so just calm 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 and yet what they do is they push their anger down so the eight nine and one all have to do with anger they push their anger down and then they can volcano blah, and explode with their, your their anger and you're like what the heck yeah like I thought you were this yummy peacemaking person and now you're all angry but but their their mo their desire is to feel peace mm -hmm. to feel calm to experience calm and be that for other people the other trick is we all give away what we want so we all give away what we want so that's the nine now let's do the one the one in the the red penners of the world what's wrong with everything the world is not a perfect place. The world is in such turmoil right now. We got to perfect it. They're the person who'll notice that one piece of lint on your jacket and take it off. Okay. I know you guys are all thinking about these particular people as we're going through them because I am. I'm like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. Yeah. <laughs> and they're desperate to get it right. Like just desperate to get it right. And then there's the two. So now we're going to move to the, we've done 8901 very briefly. Again, come join us in September for that webinar. It's going to be way more details so that you can take it and we'll have an action sheet that you can use and walk away with. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so the 234, these are the heart, which has to do with image. The two is called, by the way, the name of the one was reformer. The two is called the helper. You know, Maya, you look like you could use a little water. You work so hard on these podcasts. Would you like some water? Here, let me get you a glass of water. I So they try to predict what other people need in an effort to be helpful. And what they're really wanting is they really want to feel loved. Yeah. They really want to feel loved. So that's the two. Now let's go to the three, turning the wheel to the three, the three. What are we going to achieve today? 
What are our goals? You can't book a meeting with me. My calendar's solidly booked. Don't you know I'm I'm gonna achieve success? Is this an achiever? Is that the achiever? Exactly, exactly. I'm going to achieve this and this is my goal and I'm going to check it off and then the next goal is coming and I'm going to check it off. But what they're often missing is their connection with their heart. So they can become, they become the goal, not the heart. Mm-hmm. They lose connection with the actual meaning of why they're doing all this stuff. They become a perpetual goal junkie. And so the invitation with the three is to like come back to come back home to the heart, to the middle of your heart and ask yourself why you're doing all these things and get really clear, clear of heart with the intention around the perpetual motion of your goals. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to go to the four. The four is uh, the individualist. And it's like Alanis Morissette, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Let's just go into the depths of our feelings. Can I tell you how I experienced this? I'm going to tell you all about my deepest emotions and let me just vomit them all over you. And you may not get a word in edgewise because I have a lot to say about my experiences. And I'm so deep. The rest of the world, you know, I'm such an outcast. People don't really get me because I'm so unique. But you know what? I will go and hang out with other unique people who are just like me. Right. Right. And we're all, we're all thinking of that person that we know or those people, that like group of people <laughs> that all dress the same, but all think they're weird. And unique, right? You, you, you 100% get it. 100% get it. Okay. So that's the two, three, four. These are the heart centered. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move to the head center. Five, six, seven. Five is the observer. The observer, Stephen Hawking, um, Albert Einstein, well, is looking for gnosis. Like, we'll study something until they really understand it, until they really understand it very fully and very deeply. And they will investigate and investigate and investigate and investigate. But don't you dare ask them about their feelings. They may say they have a feeling. There was a CEO that I was working with, and he walked into his office and he had a wall of books because he didn't want any contact with anybody. <laughs> yes. So he made a goal of one personal lunch in a month. One lunch. One lunch. To personally connect with somebody and ask them a question. How is your family? <laughs> but that was probably hard for him. It was incredibly hard for him. So wow. he needs to be applauded. But wow. if, if, can you imagine if we didn't have this lens, if we didn't have this understanding of what right. the different types are? This is powerful. This is really powerful. And this is why bringing this into your everyday life, leadership, leadership, life, love, everything, it's going to help you a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. So then there's the six and the six is like, oh my goodness, this is going to, this could go wrong. I'm on this podcast, you know, my internet's going to cut out, you know. Oh, uh oh, there's a storm coming. So, this is like the people who they have this constant ticker tape of worry in their heads. So, are very worried, very concerned. And at the same time, those off ramps, because they worry, they think of strategic like ways to get around their worry. I'll give you an example. My mom's a six. And, um, I was taking the boys, I have two sons, for a walk in nature. And my dad said, never walk across the septic field. And my dad has passed. And I said, screw it. I'm walking across the septic field. Doesn't matter. Anyway, septic field lid slightly ajar. Picture slumdog millionaire, you know, when he goes through the, the latrine, the bathroom. That was me in the septic tank. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I'm in the septic tank, and I'm like, Mom, take the boys. So she took the boys, and I ran down to the lake, and I dove into the lake. Well, by the time I got back up to the cottage, she said to me, you know, Kath, I just knew this was going to happen. I've already been in touch with infectious disease, and have you had your latest tetanus shot? And I'm like, how the heck? And here are all the things you need for your for your minor cuts. I was like, how did you know? But they're always planning. Mm-hmm. 
So there's something, there's a divine gift in that. Yeah. And into their negative scenario planning. They're also incredibly funny. But anyway, there's a a six who's called the loyalist. um, Oh, interesting. I was like, what are they called? The warrior? Because they make, I I thought I was a warrior, but gosh, they put me to shame because that's not me at all. Because I don't make a plan. I just worry. And then I'm like, oh, if it happens, it happens. And then I just move on. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, and all of us have our certain neuroses to get away from just relaxing. Of course. And, our, and the anxiety of the six, the anxieties of the six is just reminding them not to be here. When really for all of us, and the anger for the eight, nine, one, the, the emotions for the two, three, four, the five, six, seven, you know, for the six, it's like, how do we quiet mm-hmm. our minds so that we can allow something more clear to come through? The signal that everybody has access to, to come through. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the seven. The seven is called the enthusiast and I have so many ideas. I can't stop it with the ideas. I'm a superb brainstormer. I may not complete things though, because I really like where the juicy alive ideas are and I will follow those juicy alive ideas and I may not complete anything. Yeah. I I have four or five people in my head right now. You know, I think that's business though, you know, honestly, because that's why people hire me um, with some of the things that I do, right? With logistics and stuff. Please, if you're listening, don't kill me. That's why you hire me. Um, but because we need enthusiasts, right? Because they come up with these great ideas. You need people that execute. So I actually, I actually very much enjoy these people, <laughs> right? And I appreciate them for who they are. I, I'm like, I tend to attract them. I, I don't know. I, I really want to think about what my, um, I was, I swear I took a test on this. I'm like, having, I'm like, maybe I'll look it up while you're explaining the rest of this. <laughs> Cause this oh, is interesting. It's really, um, all of us have such gifts to give each other too. So knowing, for example, if you are a seven enthusiast and have trouble landing your ideas to partner with somebody like you who can help them bring them to life. But if we don't have that awareness, we often get stuck in the same tape the same pattern. However, what the Enneagram does is it brings awareness to what we need. So for example, if you're starting your own business, if you're an innovator, you really, it's important to be coupled with a good operator, someone who can bring your ideas to life. So knowing the Enneagram, both for, um, you could, for, for yourself, for your teams, for your organizations, for your community, it gives you access to more possibilities in terms of how to be in the world and how to actually move the needle and improve your world and your landscape. It is such a powerful roadmap. I would really encourage everybody to study it. It has radically changed my life. Yeah, I'm inspired. I'm like, oh, I can't find my test. I took this, uh, it's interesting because I took this a couple of months ago. But I'm, I don't know, I relate a lot to you. I would not be surprised if I was a challenger or an achiever. Those sound the most like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the challenger and achiever, the, the, if we were to tease those out a little bit, um, both are assertive. So the eight, three, and seven are assertive. So our energy is kind of out in the world. The eights really want to have an impact, uh, avoid vulnerability. The three really wants to be successful, be perceived as successful and avoid failure. Yeah. So, you know, this teasing out those would be interesting in terms of your Enneagram DNA. You're probably high in both. The question is just which one are you more of? And then once you understand that is cultivating awareness and development around that. I'm sure I am high in both now that you've described those two. So yeah, it'll probably be between those two and just seeing which one beats the other because doing this podcast and then my other podcast that I've come out with that kicked the vulnerability up even more. That was very uncomfortable for me, but once I got over it, it's like, now how do I create more vulnerability and more, you know, so it's interesting. So, okay, that's my homework coming out of this podcast is to do that. And I'm excited to do that. Well, thank you for going through that, Catherine. I think that's, I know I'm enlightened and inspired to find out more about this because I think this is such an incredible 
tool because they think when you understand yourself, going back to what we were talking about earlier, when you understand yourself, you're unstoppable in the world. I really think that. And it's, you know, obviously we want to know the things that we're positive and, and good at, but understanding our shortcomings, like we're not perfect, we're human. So understanding that is really important too. And that's not being negative, that's being positive and self-aware, right? So that's important. Very, very important. And I do believe we're all being created and we all are also creative forces. Mm -hmm. Once we tap into that inner source, that inner stream, it will it will almost consort with us to help be more creative and help the world and be of service to the world in new and different ways. And to your point about being vulnerable, for me, it's really, really uncomfortable. And I am really hard on myself. And so I just, I keep on reminding myself like every day, I'm like, okay, I love you, Kath. You know, I love you. And Go in, go into those difficult, stormy, uncomfortable places. And when I'm working with organizations, I would get up. I'd often be the only woman in the in the boardroom, and I'd get up and talk. This is keep in mind over a decade ago, and I'd be talking about mindfulness and centering, and I'd literally be sweating because I felt so vulnerable, so raw, and yet I think it was what I was meant to do. Yeah. So I just really invite people to go into those raw, uncomfortable places and talk about it and connect with people and and get support because our world's a mess and we really need people who can take a stand for what needs to happen next. I love, love, love what you just said, because I can relate to that a lot. I was 22, just about to turn 23 years old when I went into corporate America. And I was standing in boardrooms with men, minimum two times, sometimes three times my age. And I had to stand up with the CEO, EVP and talk. And it was terrifying, terrifying for me. And I look back now on those experiences. And now I stand in these same types of rooms, owning my own business. And I don't feel the same way at all. But I never would have gotten there, Catherine, had I not had that experience, right? So we have to put ourselves in those vulnerable situations, even though they're really uncomfortable. And I'd love you being vulnerable right now and sharing this story. So yes, great job. Because even sharing the story sometimes is is hard, right? It was hard for me when I started sharing my stories, but that's become easier too. And I'm able to do that only because I was vulnerable, right? And put myself out there. And every time now I feel uncomfortable or it's really vulnerable, that's what being uncomfortable in a situation is being vulnerable because you're not sure how it's going to go. I remind myself now, I'm glad we're talking about this. I go, this is uncomfortable. doesn't feel great now, but next time you have to do it, it's not going to feel this way and you're going to grow from it and it's going to be better. And so I try to, I guess, I don't, for lack of a better term, manipulate how I feel about it or try to see it a different way and know that I used to feel this way about something else. And now I feel differently about it. So it helps me in the moment, you know, I still get nervous. I still, you know, when it's a new thing, but I think another thing I remind myself of is with the vulnerability thing. I'd love to hear your take on this is in my opinion that we, we forget this for ourselves with vulnerability. We don't look up to the people that hide everything, right? We look up to the people that are like, yep, I made it. I have this business or I'm successful or I'm a successful mom, wife, whatever. And I've done this and this and this, and I'm a philanthropist, whatever, done all these things. But here are all the things that went wrong in my life. Here are all the things that I've overcome, whatever they are, cancer. I mean, and whatever, all these tough things. We don't put people like that don't share anything up there, right? Those aren't our heroes. So how is anybody ever going to know how much you've accomplished or where you've come from? Or like, how are you going to inspire anybody if you're not one of those people that are vulnerable? And that's what I try to remind myself of. And that's really what gave me the the kick in the butt, so to speak, to do this podcast and just open everything up about my corporate experience, the good, bad, the ugly, sad, and also with my you know subsequent projects that I've done. So I'd love to hear your take on that. But those are really the people that you look up to. You don't look up to the people that just keep it all inside. And in many ways, by speaking what we've been through, 
it does create a bridge of connection and a bridge of connectedness. And we can all pretend like we're islands, yet I think we're all co-creating together. Like that's to be to be vulnerable. You know, people will say, oh, the leader's this, the leader's that. And this wouldn't have happened, for example, this podcast wouldn't have happened without Sherry. Like there's this all, how are we honoring all the different parts of who we are rather than also just looking up to one person? I think we need to really look at, like more fully look at community leadership. Like this podcast is happening because of you, because of your vulnerability. And now I'm sharing my vulnerability. And then it just, it creates a flywheel or creates a bigger wave of, of contagion of positivity of possibility of also discomfort to go into our discomfort. Like the other day I, I was on, um, I was doing a talk and I was like, you know, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I'm like, okay. I kind of sucked here, (laughs) Uh, you know, and I was like, okay, reframe. What did you learn for next time? So I think we need to also define, I think we're at a very important point in our world to define leadership differently, to define leadership more as communities. For example, I recently went to ancient Egypt to study the Enneagram and not a signature on any piece of art. It was all recognized as community. Like, so I think how can we kind of expand our vista and our interconnection to um, support what is best for everybody? It's kind of, I'm asking for it now, I'm kind of shifting into how do we be leadership in a more expanded perspective, which is uncomfortable because the ego yeah. wants the ego wants the stickers mm-hmm. and yet I don't think I don't think that's what it's about like what it's about is the moments together our connection yeah. our, our heart connection appreciating this technology like we're doing this because of thousands of people have helped supported this support this through the building of our mics, the building of our earphones, the building of our clothes, the building of the seats we're sitting on. Mm-hmm. So how do we start to look from a different perspective and leadership from different perspectives? And I think the, you know, as we've spoken about to go inside and just to admit, you know, I stumble, I trip on the sidewalk all the time and so does everybody else. Yeah. So. We, I really do think we need to be more real, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautifully put. You speak so beautifully. I'm going to call you Kath now. Kath. (laughs) You speak so beautifully, Kath. Um, Yeah. I just, I think you're such a beautiful soul and I love what you're sharing. And I'm so jealous that you were just over in Egypt because I've always had such a connection there. Like, I, I don't know what it is, so I have to go. But I love what you shared about the fact that like, it's just art, like it was created and there's no, like this person did that. I think there's a beautiful, really beautiful thing there. And there's something to that. And I think, I love how you weaved it into leadership because that's what we talk about in this podcast, obviously. But I think with leadership, I always say the future is female. And I say that all the time on this podcast and my listeners here are probably like, oh, here she goes again with that one. But I, the reason I say that is this, because you mentioned something very important, ego. And I'm not saying that, you know, only men have ego. We have it too, ladies. We do. We have ego too. But I think, you know, I, I have an episode about the gender of leadership, feminine mm. and, and the masculine, because I think every single person has masculine traits and feminine traits, right? But the masculine side is ego with women and men, okay? And that's why I say the future is female, for everything, but leadership really, because we need to lean into those things, which communal and and being more about each other, that's a feminine side. And that doesn't matter whether you're male, female, whatever you identify as, it it does not matter. So that's why I say that. And I always have to explain that and give that disclaimer because that is the positive way to move. It does not matter who accomplishes it. It does not matter. I mean, and I've always said too, you know, I never have cared about titles. I'm like, call me the trash collector. 
I just want to make money. I want to provide for my people, my family. I want to live a good life. I want to accomplish good things and do good things. That's who I am. And that's not a, you know, an ego thing. People really care about titles. People really care about certain things. That's where ego comes in to your point. So, and that's a whole other episode we could go into, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but I think what you're saying is really important. Like let's yeah. bring back to organizations for a second. So the business research tells us that the most performing, highest performing organizations are two thirds focused on corporate culture, one third on financial success. And I see the financial success, the more linear as the divine masculine. And I see the corporate culture as the divine feminine. And as you were saying, it's, we all have both within us. And so if we look at organizations as an organ, not an orgasm, as an organism, as an entity, as a being itself, to put two-thirds focus on corporate culture, the divine feminine, the more mercurial aspects, and then one-third on the financial results. And what's interesting, when we get healthy cultures, we tend to get financial results. But the worst performing organizations, which is why the majority don't survive past nine years, are those that just focus on financial results. Just that linear, no, we need to talk about what kind of context are we building in our companies, in our organizations? How are we measuring that? Because for us, it helps us to put focus what gets measured gets managed. So it helps us once we create healthy containers, then the financial results come. And all the business research points to this. So the business research, Maya's on our side. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what's so amazing about it because I'm not just sitting here talking about just my opinion. My opinion happens to be right. <laughs> so I love it, Kat. I love it. Yeah. And I just, and I think it's great. And I think it's really valuable information uh, for all of you listening. And I hope you guys take something out of this. I know you guys have heard me talk about gender before, as far as not who, what you are, but like what we are in gender of leadership. And it's actually my most listened to podcast episode, my solo episode. So there's something to that. So people are taking a hold of that, Kat. So this has been incredible. We could talk for a whole other hour, but I do want to ask you what I ask um, everyone that comes on this show. Uh, two questions. One, I think you've kind of already talked about it. When was really the moment for you when you feel like you stepped into being, the? because we always say the leader of your life on this show. Was there a significant moment in your life where you feel like you really took a hold of your life? Was it in that dark cafe in New York where things really changed for you? Or was there another significant moment for you? Mm, great question. Every moment is significant. Good answer. Good answer. So I love that. I, I'm leading uh, right now and just owning that for everybody to own their own leadership in the moment because we never get our moments back. Yeah. The string of the future pulls us forward and the reins of the past pull us back leading right now and to define ourselves as leaders because here's another piece of data. The moment we define ourselves as a follower, all of our behaviors get lowered. So everybody listening to this podcast, you're a leader, own it. Yes, you are already a leader from here on out if you didn't already know it. Yes, that's why we always say you are the leader of your life. You are already a leader. So yes, and you heard it from Kath too, not just me every week. So she said it. Catherine, what is one last piece of advice maybe we did not cover that you would give? I mean, you just left a great piece of advice, but anything else you would tell the listeners about being a leader or being the leader of their life? Use your senses. So what do I mean by that? What do you smell right now? What do you taste in your mouth? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Because our context is continually giving us guidance in terms of how to be in this world. And when we tap into our senses, we can follow those strings of awareness. And that will help us, help pull us through to the next leadership moment, to the next leadership moment, to the next leadership moment. And often we dull our senses. But just I invite everybody into the taste and texture and feeling and sound and smell of wherever they are, to take that in and use it as food to move forward in terms of your own leadership experience. I love that. 
never had that answer before. I love it. And this is why I love this. I always get unique answers to every single person, woman that comes on this show. I love it. Thank you so much. Let's talk about where we can find you and this incredible webinar that's happening in September, September 10th. Is that what you said, Kath? September 10th at noon mountain standard time for an hour. And it's an introduction to the Enneagram. So come and play with us and you'll be get, you'll get a whole kind of toolkit to walk away with from that. Um, so join us September 10th, awakencompany.com. You can also find my personal website at katherinearbell.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the social media, Awaken Company or Catherine Bell. Uh, join us, come play with us. We also are hosting a series on practical creativity next fall. And now that series will be coming up soon. So Join us for that. And oh, yeah. And then we've got, I'm doing a free event with uh, Dr. Ginger Lapid Bagda on the study of the Enneagram and uses in business. And that's coming up September 15th. So join us for that as well. So back to back right there. That's perfect. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Catherine, this is, and we'll tag all this in the show notes and obviously on all our social media too when this comes out. So and Catherine, I have a whole bunch of books coming up too. Yes. Stay tuned for those. Stay tuned yes. for those. Well, they got to follow you on social media so they can get all these amazing books. And of course, they can get The Awakened Company as well. Is that on your website and on Amazon? Can they get it in both places? They can get it in both places, Amazon and um, our website too. Fabulous. Yeah. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on My Opinion. It's been awesome. What an honor and pleasure to be with you. You are just, you are a divine light and fiery. I love it. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for listening to my opinion. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.